Good afternoon, Lafayette. It's Joe Cunningham, and it's the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number, or use that KPL app chat to be part of the conversation, like Scott, who's already checked in, out riding these mean streets like he normally is. Shout out to Scott and all the folks who routinely check in on the app. Love talking with y'all, and I hope that we can have some great conversations today. There's a lot to talk about. We had the Super Bowl yesterday. We've had some a rough news weekend for Joe Biden. Uh, and actually, that's kind of where I want to start, but a little tangentially. Um, so there is, there's been more talk over the weekend about what happens. You know, well, let's, let's say that, that they force Joe Biden aside. Uh, what happens if they decide to um, convince him to step down. How does, what ends up happening? Well, obviously the Democrats are very concerned about this uh, because the, the issue is not going away. Here's a bit from Meet the Press on NBC. But Democrats worry about the age issue already looming over President Biden's reelection bid. 76% of voters have major or moderate concerns about Biden not having the mental and physical health for a second term. That includes more than half of Democrats. So Democrats very worried, okay? Democrat voters very worried, let me say. Democrat politicians are absolutely freaking out in the background. Now, at the White House, Joe Biden's immediate staff, they all think it's nonsense. They all think it's BS. Jill Biden, uh, she's saying it's nonsense. Uh, the Democrats are pushing back. They're saying that special counsel Robert Herr uh, is not a psychologist. He's, he's sitting there making uh, the, 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 these, these mental diagnoses. He's not a doctor or anything like that. And that's not what Robert Herr did. Robert Herr is a seasoned prosecutor. He looked at the evidence and using his experience of knowing just how the court systems work and what all happens in the court systems, he knows from a legal perspective that not a, not a doctor, but a jury of Joe Biden's peers would say he's not mentally capable. It's not about a medical diagnosis. It's about how a jury is going to respond. And a jury would very likely, I mean, if a, if, a jury of his peers, fellow Americans, 76% of voters worried about his mental and physical health. That rolls into a potential jury if there were ever charges brought against Joe Biden. Now, I'm not saying the charges shouldn't be brought up. I'm saying that Robert Hur's decision was based on his prosecutorial experience. Now, here's where it gets a little fishy for Democrats. And I know a lot of people have talked about Biden just needs to step down. Biden needs to move out of the way. They need to force Biden out. Something like that. The problem is, how do you do it? First of all, who's the replacement? And second of all, how do you do it in the current primary system? You have to do it like right now. If you're going to force him out, and try to evade any sort of complications at the convention, you need him to step out right now. You've got Super Tuesday coming up in a couple weeks. But if Biden wins a bunch of states like he's expected to on Super Tuesday throughout these primaries, he gets those delegates. 
And those delegates are bound to him. Through the primary process, through the DNC rules, those delegates cannot just be, they, they, they can't just be reassigned by the party. It is possible, I don't think it's very likely as of right now, but it is possible that Joe Biden decides he's not going to run for re-election. At that point, Joe Biden, at the convention in August, Joe Biden has to come in and say, I'm releasing my delegates. I think he's got too much of an ego to do so. I really do. I think he's got too much of an ego. Jill Biden has too much. She's on too much of a power trip. She likes the office. She likes the power. She likes being able to tell people in the White House what to do as the functioning wife of a non-functioning president. I don't think the Bidens give up power. The Democrats can't just force him out. They have to convince him to willingly step down. They can't, at the convention, just replace him. So either they've got to poison his soup or they've got to convince him to step down. Once you get to the convention, Joe Biden would have to stand before his delegates and say, I'm stepping out. And then he's probably going to have to give a recommendation of who he's going to or who he's telling them to go support. And knowing Joe Biden, knowing his devotion to loyalty. And knowing his administration's loyalty to Kamala Harris, he's probably going to tell her to go tell his delegates to go to her. And in fact, we know that Kamala Harris is very much considering this. Uh, she told the Wall Street Journal in an interview over the weekend, I'm ready to serve. There's no question about that. She says that everyone who sees her on the job, quote, walks away fully aware of my capacity to lead. That may be true, but I'm not sure they believe there is much of a capacity. But anyway, the moral of the story is Kamala Harris fully expects to be the one to get chosen if Joe Biden steps down. Now, if Biden decides, if Biden decides to step down and, and just retire from the presidency, to resign from the presidency beforehand, it goes to Kamala Harris. If the Democrats try to pull the 25th Amendment stuff that everybody said the, the Republicans should do with Trump, it goes to her. And then at the convention, because she's the running mate, the delegates that were Bidens are now hers. They're bound to her. And she is not going to give them up. It is very unlikely, not impossible, but very unlikely that it's going to go to an outside person like a Gavin Newsom, like a Gretchen Whitmer, like a Jared Paulus, like a, uh, what, uh, God, what's his name? Uh... There's another one whose name I was hearing about over the weekend, and I've suddenly escaped. But one of those Democratic governors, it's not likely to go to Pete Buttigieg. It's not likely to go to anybody but Kamala Harris. I don't think it's very likely it goes to Michelle Obama. One of the things, and I know people talk about how much the Democrats love the Obamas, the media loves the Obamas. The Democratic Party as a whole really doesn't like the Obama family. 
and I've, I've explained this before, they look at the Obamas like the Democrats in Louisiana look at John Bell Edwards. John Bell Edwards was great for John Bell Edwards. John Bell Edwards did nothing for the state's Democratic Party. And in fact, they have utterly collapsed since he's left off. And before he left office, they were collapsing while he was running for re-election. Barack Obama was the same way. Barack Obama got in there, and he he was the guy. Everybody loved him. Everybody defended him. And he walked out of there, and the entire Democratic Party collapsed. There was no bench. They were nearly wiped out in several areas. They've been able to rebuild themselves somewhat because the Republicans are just terrible at picking candidates and terrible at maintaining power. And I sometimes suspect that Republican politicians like governing from the majority from the minority, because it it means not having to govern. But I I I don't think I don't think that um and I don't think it's going to be Michelle Obama, and I don't think the Democrats really have the opportunity to replace Joe Biden with somebody who is not him or Kamala Harris. If Joe Biden steps down, he's going to tell his delegates at the convention, go with my running mate, go with Kamala Harris. She has the experience. She's been in the White House. She's my vice president. Democrats don't want that either. I think they're stuck with Joe Biden. I really, really think they're stuck with Joe Biden. As for the Republicans... Well, there's a reason Nikki Haley's still staying in the race. We'll get to that in just a moment. 232-1542 is the number. We'll also get your messages on the KPL app chat. Let's take this break. We'll be back. But first, it's your Pest of the Day, brought to you by J&J Exterminating. Time to call in the experts. It's the J&J Pest of the Day. And today's Pest of the Day is brought to you by not just J&J, but the Council on Islamic, American Islamic Relations, CARE. They have decided they're going to go after actress Selma Blair for criticizing, quote, terrorist supporting goons. That's right. The pro-Hamas elements in America have decided to go after American actress Selma Blair because of comments that she made in which uh, she criticized, let's see, she supported... uh, Abraham Hamra, who criticized lawmakers voting against a bill that would prohibit uh, from entering the country anyone involved in the Hamas terrorist attack. Blair thanked Hamra in a comment in the video, which was shared one week ago and has since been removed from the post. NBC News viewed the post before it was removed, and it was unclear who took it down. Deport all these terrorist-supporting goons, Blair said. Islam has destroyed Muslim countries. And then they come here to destroy minds. They know they are liars, twisted justifications. May they meet their fate. And now the Council on American Islamic Relations is going after her, calling her a bigot and everything like that. And she's actually saying the truth. And that's what makes the Council on Islamic Ameri- American Islamic Relations your J&J Pest of the Day, brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Louisiana's largest independently owned pest control company. Find them online at jjext.com. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise and is brought to you by our friends just around the corner, Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer nine years in a row. Talking, of course, 
about Service Chevrolet over at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey and Lafayette, or you can check them out online at servicegm.com. Now, they've got a ton of new inventory always coming in, new and used vehicles, not just the new stuff, but some used vehicles out there, too. They've got a great supply of both, so you need to check it out. If you go to servicegm.com, you can check out online anything you might be interested in before you go. That way you kind of scouted things out. You kind of understand a little bit of what you're looking for, maybe get an idea of some of the questions you might want to ask the fine folks over there. Once you get there, though, it's not just new and used cars for sale that will grab your attention. They've got new, uh, they've got parts and service department. They've got a body shop, collision center, fine line, custom auto. They've got the wash. I mean, literally any of your automotive needs can be taken care of right there at Service Chevrolet. Highly recommend you go and give them a visit. Give their website a visit, servicegm.com. Go give the lot a visit, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. Get your automotive needs met. Service Chevrolet, find new roads with Chevy. Now, before we take this next break, one thing I do want to point out is there's a piece of the Wall Street Journal today uh, by columnist Bill McGurn who says picking Kamala Harris was Joe Biden's smartest decision. In reality, he says, the selection of Mrs. Harris turns out to be the best thing Mr. Biden has ever done for himself, if not for the Democratic Party. So long as she's in the West Wing, he isn't going anywhere. All that talk about invoking invoking Section 4 of the 25th Amendment to remove him? Well, that's fantasy. That's what he writes, and he's not wrong on that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. With more on the Republican side, let's game out the rest of the primary. It's obvious that Donald Trump is the candidate. So what is Nikki Haley waiting for? I'll explain a little bit of what I think the strategy is there. When we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number or use the KPL app chat to share your thoughts and opinions. Um... So Nikki Haley is still in the race for president, although it seems like she doesn't have a path, like at all. Um, I, she's not going to win her home state. And, and if you can't win your home state, you're not going to win a national election. That's just the bottom line. Uh, but Nikki Haley is is planning to stay in at least through South Carolina, if not longer. It's going to be a waste of resources. If she stays in, what's the plan? I, I I suspect I know what the plan is, but I I think it's a bad plan. So there's a couple headlines today you need to be aware of in order to understand just how this is kind of playing out, I think, in the Haley team's head. Um, Fawny Willis. Judge in Trump, Georgia case says D.A. Fonnie Willis alleged improper affair could result in disqualification. Uh, that's bad news for the folks trying to convict Donald Trump. Um, Trump has asked the Supreme Court to extend a delay in election case claiming presidential immunity. So that's going to going to extend that problem. Uh, the Mar-a-Lago case. Uh, I believe they were having their first hearings today in a special skiff so that the lawyers, the attorneys, both sides could look at the classified material, but not, you know, take them out of the room, be able to share them or anything like that, because, again, classified. The Trump legal machinations are still 
going on. I've I've shared with you guys my theory on on how things play out. I think the most likely conviction against Trump is going to be the Mar-a-Lago case. Uh, this is the one a lot of people are, are drawing comparisons between the the Biden special counsel case and and this one. And in fairness and intellectual honesty here, the case against Donald Trump for the documents isn't that he took the documents like what Joe Biden's been accused of, although Joe Biden did very much break the law on that. The problem is that Trump lied to and tried to keep information, keep documents from a grand jury. That's not something that Biden is accused of doing. So these are fundamentally two different cases, although the underlying facts are the same. Both men took documents that they are said to not have been allowed to take, Donald Trump was president or outgoing president when he took them. Joe Biden was outgoing vice president when he took his. I think that's probably the most likely conviction against Trump, although I'm not saying it's a guaranteed conviction against Trump. It's in Florida, which has swung very much in favor of the Republican Party, thanks to Ron DeSantis. Uh, And I think that even if you convict Donald Trump, I'm not sure at the sentencing you're going to find a jury of Florida residents that are willing to uh, imprison a former president. I'm not sure that you'll necessarily get there. You, You may very well have them sentence him. Now, being a convicted felon and being in federal prison does not mean you can't run for president. The, uh, Article 2 is very spelled out, very much spelled out the qualifications of running for president and nothing about convicted being a convicted felon, nothing about uh, being in federal prison bars you from running for president. You've had people who have declared their candidacy from federal jail before, not major candidates, but they've still been able to do it. And they've never been told no because they're allowed to do it. But the Haley team, my thought, my, my thinking on this, the Haley team believes that if we get far enough down, the legal problems for Trump are going to drain all of his money. Um, and he's not going to be able to campaign. He's going to have to liquidate a lot of assets in order to be able to run his campaign and pay off uh, these judgments and, and pay for the legal fees and everything like that and Small-dollar donors are going to dry up eventually. And the Haley team thinks that if they stick with it all the way through to the convention, if she can get a high enough percentage in some of the states where it's not winner-take-all for Republican delegates, she will have some delegates. And so at the convention, she can say he's in prison. Maybe he steps out. Maybe he has to back out because he doesn't have the money or the capabilities to run anymore. Something may happen. She has the ability to go to the convention and say, I'm the last one standing. you got to come to me. That may be her thinking on this. That may be the team's thinking on this. I think it's kind of a a foolish thought. I'm not sure that there's anything like Joe Biden. I'm not sure there's anything that would convince Donald Trump to step back. There's nothing that I can see that would cause Donald Trump to say that he's bowing out. He is bound determined, motivated to run for this spot again, run for this uh, political job again, run for 
leader of the free world again. And I'm not entirely sure, based on the numbers that we're seeing, that, that Donald Trump is at risk of, of failing to beat Joe Biden. I, I, the numbers look really big. Again, we're not having this conversation about Biden in a, in you know, if he's, you know, polling way ahead of Trump, if he is, uh, if the economy is great, if the world weren't on fire, and we're just talking about Joe Biden's mental capabilities, we're not having this conversation about replacing Joe Biden. We're just not having that. But the fact that all of this stuff is going wrong while there's a guy whose brain is putting in the White House is making a lot of people, especially on the Democratic side, think maybe we got to do something different. Maybe we got to find somebody else, but they don't have a plan. They don't have any way to replace him. On the Republican side, you've got a guy who could very potentially be a convicted felon, possibly in federal prison, still running for president of the United States. And so you've got tapioca brains and a federal convict running for the presidency of the United States, which is a very gloomy thought. But again, I, there's nothing out there that seems to have either man convinced he should step down, that he should resign from this race, that he should let somebody else come in. And I'm not sure, based on everything going on right now, you know, it would be the same thing. Donald Trump or somebody who represents him, if he's not able to go to the convention, if he's backed out, somebody who represents him has to go to the convention and say... I release you. This is where I think you need to go. I really don't think they would send them to Nikki Haley. So there would be a big squabble at the convention. Who's going to go where? Who's going to get the delegates? Where are these delegates going to go? A lot of folks on both sides of the political aisle having these conversations about replacing either candidate. We're very far into the game right now. I mean, and I realize that it's only it's only February. It's, we're almost halfway through February, and we've got until the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November for the election. We've got until late summer to have the conventions where we solidify who the candidates are. But we're still pretty deep into this. We're, we're a few primary contests in. There are delegates that are already committed to certain candidates. The Republican Party is pretty much dead set on Donald Trump being the guy. The Democratic Party is dead set on Joe Biden being the guy. And we're going to have a 2020 rematch. If Haley stays in, you know what the strategy is. You know that she's hoping that there will be some sort of scenario where at the convention she's there to say, I'm the last woman standing. Rally behind me. I'm not sure that Trump's delegates will do that. Um, at the Democratic National Committee, the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, you can't just say, hey, look, Biden's got tapioca for brains. Let's bring in Michelle Obama. You, you can't just do that. The, the, the candidate, Joe Biden himself, has to go and release his delegates and he probably won't doing, do so without saying where to go. And he's probably going to stick with his vice president. But again, I don't think that that's going to be the case. So the Democrats and the Republicans are pretty much stuck with the guys at the top right now. We're looking at a Trump versus Biden election. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not an election. It's not a 
race that a lot of Americans are really excited about. Trump fans are very excited about this race. Devoted anti-Trumpers and Biden fans are very excited about their candidate. But that's not the majority. That's not even really the plurality. The plurality is those folks in the middle, the folks that are looking at either side and going, what in the hell are they doing? And they're struggling to come up with an answer as to why either side would be so devoted to this old man who has had their shot. And I think we're going to see going forward that it's going to be a low, if it's going to be Biden versus Trump, I'm, I'm still fairly confident in that. I could be wrong. Something could happen. I just feel very confident that it's going to be Biden versus Trump. And that is going to be a low turnout election because Americans are not going to be excited about going to the polls for that one. And if that's the case, well, each candidate has to do a, they, they have to do a lot of work to get the vote out. And I think the Democrats are going to screw that one up. And I want to explain that as we wrap up the show in just a minute. It's the Joe Cunningham show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. We'll take this break. Be back to wrap up the show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, if you're looking for a dentist, I highly recommend my own. Dr. Danielle Deku is absolutely wonderful. And the folks at her office, Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates, they get the job done with very little stress, almost no stress. I go in there and it is the one time I can go into a doctor's office and not feel nervous about what the doctor is about to say, what they're going to have to do, anything like that. They talk you through it. They make it so easy to get through whatever procedure they've got to do. So I've, I've mentioned this before, but uh, when, I, when I first started using them, they did the x-rays and everything. They said, okay, you've got these four old cavities. I mean, these were from decades ago. And they were leaking. Apparently, the old procedure for doing cavities, they would leak after a certain amount of time. And so they were leaking, and they said, okay, we can go in and we can repair it. You've got these four, two on the left and two on the right. We can repair those. Um, it's going to take a couple of appointments to do. It's like, okay, sure, awesome, let's do it. So I go in for the first appointment, and they have to lay me back flat to do it. Well, I have, I have sleep apnea, and I, I get anxiety. Because uh, I'm sitting there, I, I have to, you know, spit accumulates, I have to swallow that or, or whatever. My throat just kind of tenses up every now and then. And I'm, I'm kind of struggling with it there. Okay, so they, they give you not, the, not the, the gas that knocks you out, but the laughing gas, the stuff that just kind of makes you feel a little lightheaded and, and funny and stuff like that. And it takes away the stress, takes away the anxiety. And we get through that procedure, and it's great. We do it again, absolutely great. No problem at all. And they, they quickly made that adjustment, saw what, what I needed, and they were able to, to fix it. So that's why I, I love going there because they, they have a solution for whatever problem, not just in terms of treatment, but in terms of how you might react to the treatment. If you're nervous about doctor's appointments, stuff like that, they can help. Go check them out, thelafayettedentist.com. Guaranteed, you're, they're going to be able to help you with whatever you need uh, in terms of dental care. Thelafayettedentist.com, Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates. Check them out. All right, before we go, congratulations to the Chiefs. I told you on Friday I thought the Chiefs were going to win. They, I think they had the momentum. It was a very rough game there for a while. Uh, 
Patrick Mahomes, he was struggling. I mean, he was holding on to the ball too much and getting trapped in the pocket, which is uh, not something he should have done against a defense like San Francisco's. But they were able to to put it in, really just just shift into gear in that last quarter especially. And then, of course, with great defense, be able to stop San Francisco, uh, limit them to three points, and then go score the touchdown in overtime. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to the Taylor Swift Bowl. We'll be back tomorrow on the Joe Cunningham Show. Uh, more great, great fun to be had on the way. 23 hours from now, in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, or email Joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show going up soon. You can check that out on Substack, Joe Cunningham Show.substack.com, or just go to Substack.com and look for the Joe Cunningham Show. You'll find it there. If you get podcasts from Apple, Spotify, or wherever, you can go there, make sure you subscribe to the show so you get it automatically sent to your device, but also leave a rating and a review. It helps it, the show grow. The algorithm really likes it when you do that. Thank you guys very much. Happy Lindy Graw. Talk to you on Mardi Graw here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.